available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. My voice appears to be doing better than David's voice, but it doesn't matter because we mold them together to form the Podcast of Champions talking all things. Pac-12 football. It's been a couple weeks since we've been doing this live on the YouTubes, but we're doing it live on the YouTubes. And we're also, of course, on all the different podcasting platforms. Uh, we got some big news. Uh, bre- it's like, you know, it's uh, we got some breaking news. I mean, the Pac-12 is in the Final Four. That's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, San Diego we State. We knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Breakthrough. We thought it might be UCLA, maybe Arizona. Nope, San Diego State. We're going to talk about that, uh, a little media rights deal, and whatever we could talk about today. Anything, any comments you have, and you're watching us live on YouTube, uh, God rest your soul for doing that. But no, put it in the chat box. We love that. If you have any questions or comments for the show, for next shows, uh, you can do us a favor by emailing us, podcast at gmail.com, or call or text us at 424 424- Five three two zero six seven eight. You can also tweet us at Pac Twelve Podcast and the website, as always, Pac Twelve Podcast.com. We're over on Reddit. Find us over there, but also on the Apple Podcasting app. We love when you leave us a five star review. Of course, follow us over at the POC. Uh, do we got any new ones, David? We have one new one. Oh, okay. This is from Kyle from Oceanside. It says, and I quote, Okay. I'm doing what the hosts asked me to do. It's a five star review. Go Bruins. Oh, nice. It is indeed a five-star review. He's not lying. Well, thank you for thank yeah. you for uh, the five-star review. Yeah, we love it. Um, Scott Meredith said uh, on the, the chat box, I'm always trying to figure out if David is doing an Ace Ventura impression in his intro. You don't really know what you're doing, right? It's impossible to know. I kind of go into a fugue state. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, probably, honestly, uh, I think I've shared before, but my theory on the of the case with... Um, Things you do, like the way you talk and everything, so much of it is influenced by things you watched and experienced when you were like 10 years old. Oh. And Ace Ventura is one of those things. And the the opening scene of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, where he's delivering a package and he's just beating the ever-loving shit out of the package the entire way to the door. Um, I'm not sure I've ever laughed as hard as I did at anything in my entire life as that <laughs> opening scene because I think that movie came out in like 1994, so I was like nine. Yeah, and it just—I mean, like wet my pants funny. Um, <laughs> and I've tried to watch it again since then. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really sure what I was seeing here, but man. Um, so yes, to put it, you know, uh, uh, shortly, probably, probably. Um, what there's a tweet, I mean, a comment from Cameron, poor Dave getting trolled on Twitter by a cat. Oh yeah. No, I was successfully, successfully what, trolled. What? So can you give us some background? So, I mean, all right. I wasn't following. So, it. so we'll start 
So Bro um, is a website. That's, you're familiar with it. I, yeah, you work, um, you work for them. One of the things that we're doing, which, you know, there's lots of stuff you do that kind of treads the line between are you a journalistic outfit or a fan site, uh, is uh, promoting this NIL collective, the okay. Men of Westwood. Now, we know the guy who runs the Men of Westwood. We understand the whole situation. He doesn't want his name out there. It's, you know, and we've been pretty transparent about it. Like, look, if you don't want to give because it seems a little weird, that's fine. Um, and so Cat Troll uh, went went heavy troll on that. And yeah. Wait, Cat Troll? What is this? A, Equity Bruin. Equity Bruin. Yes, oh, oh, our, oh, our friend Carlos. Okay. Our friend Carlos. Nice. Um, so it's been it's been a fun, fun time on the Twitter the nice. last couple of days. All right. Uh, well, before we jump into things, I definitely want to thank our sponsor. Uh, they've been great to us uh, over years and i want to thank well, let me pull it up here my bookie uh it's final four time now did you pick a lot of upsets you probably did okay if you did dave do you have any final four teams left in your bracket good god no i still have uconn remember i that, that's the one i had I wait had, did texas advance no miami did correct miami advanced. Yeah, yeah no i've got nobody you have nobody um well but, you have uconn because um you're a hater at heart <laughs> <laughs> you were like, wait, wait, you picked UConn? I'm like, yeah, I had UConn. Uh, and you're like, well, who did they beat? I think I had them beating Gonzaga, who that's what they end up beating. Um, yeah, but you can still get over to my bookie. If you want to use the promo code PAC12, you will get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus. So go check it out. Bet the heck out of this Final Four. You know, you got San Diego State. Future Pac-12, or eh, we can call it current Pac-12 member. They, they're a member, right? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, they're in there. FAU. Is it Lane Kiffin? Is he still there at FAU? I don't, he's more on the football Come side. Come to the FAU. <laughs> Not it, always, it always felt like he was actually trolling the school that he worked for whenever he was doing that. It was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my bookie's been great with us. Hopefully, it's great for you guys. Go check it out. Uh, if you want to bet any of the Final Four or any of the stuff that's going on. You got baseball starting up pretty soon. Uh, you can bet on anything. So go check it out there. Uh, there's a lot of brands to choose from, but you need a platform that makes it simple to bet, to win, and so you need a place like MyBookie. The promo code, like we said, PAC12 to get up to $1,000 bonus. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Make sure you go check it out. Finish up March Madness on a high note. Put all your money behind SDSU. Put them in there. Uh, the PAC12 Pac-12 needs a, a basketball national championship. Dave. And it's going to get it. It's going to get it. I believe in uh, in in the power of the Aztecs. You believe? Yeah. Or, or are you considering them Pac-12 uh, brethren now? Obviously, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it seems it seems uh, it's a matter of uh, when, not if that one's going to happen at this point. Um, if you're reading the tea leaves, um, so San Diego State. Um, it's the one that made the most obvious sense for the longest time. Yes. Um, so, sure, that seems great. Also, uh, they're a ton of fun. Um, so they play, uh, they're like, I don't know, eight or nine deep of just like athletes. Yeah. Um, and like, it's not super clear if any of them like play basketball, but they're all really, really athletic and they defend the crap out of the ball. Um, and they made Alabama like cry. 
And if you were, they never gave up with Alabama. Like Alabama no. looked like they could have put them away, and then they just couldn't. And then it just sort of was like. And if you've been, you know, you get punched back, and then you're sort of like, oh crap. And like, if you've oh. been following, you know, the whole thing with Alabama basketball, it was really great to see them just. Oh my god! Owned. I don't know if they realized how big of a villain they were. Yeah, no, I don't think they got it. I don't think they got it. I don't I, think I, Oates understood like no. how like tone deaf he was as far as just like. I still don't think they get it. Um, but uh, I think San Diego State kind of became uh, thinking America's team right then. Uh, oh my god! And yeah. then uh, it's like you're playing Duke, you're America's team, right? Like yeah, uh, instant, like they're not good at basketball. They instantly became like the most hated <laughs> villain. And you're like you're not even good. Yeah, and now uh, and now we get to watch the Aztecs in the Final Four. I know um, against. The FAU. Everybody loves, like, the upsets are fun. You know, when, you know, uh, Farley Dickinson beats Purdue and stuff. When those guys start don't, going. Don't say Farley. What is it? Fairly? Fairly. Fairly. Yeah. It's funnier if you go fairly. I don't care how it's actually pronounced. Okay. Uh, FD, FDU. FDU. Uh, yeah, like, that's fun. But, like, if FDU goes to the Final Four and then they're playing, like, Valpo and you're just like, okay, well, I mean, this is cool, I guess, but like, I'd rather see North Carolina play Kansas in the final four. Um, but you know, UConn's a blue blood, but all like, this is the first time you haven't had a one, two or three seed in the final four, I believe. Um, the first time no number one seeds made it to the elite eight, like crazy as I think when you look at it from, you know, from UCLA's point of view, like, hey, we don't get some injuries. Like, this could have been a 12th banner, right? Like, this you, this easily could have been a year that you win a national championship. Your team like USC, like, hey, why couldn't you make a run to the final? You, you don't make final fours. Miami's never done it. FAU's never done it. San Diego State's never done it. If you've never make or hardly ever make a final four, it's like, why couldn't you have done it? You know, if you were a team that's on the bubble of being ranked or whatever. I think it sort of opens up people's eyes like, all these teams did it, and now a lot of them have, like, 25-year-old dudes because it's COVID and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's sort of just sort of like a wake-up call to everyone else that was like, this could have been your year to do something special. If it's if you're UCLA you're just trying to win another banner, boom, this could have been it. Like, there just wasn't that yeah. good of a field. If you're a team that's never or hardly ever makes a Final Four, like, hey, man, you could have done that. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people just going home, and I can't believe it. Like, FAU's in there. Um, now San Diego state's been great and, uh, San Diego state, the, the, the stat I saw since 2010, if you use combined winning percentage for all division one football and basketball, San Diego state is number one in the nation. Like they're, they have the best winning percentage for football and basketball since 2010. Well, and it's, I think Ohio state's two and then Oregon's three. Well, so there's a few interesting things with what you said. Um, one, let's start with San Diego state. What's really crazy about uh, watching their football and basketball teams is that they're playing the exact same brand of sport in both sports. Okay. Like San Diego State basketball, like maybe they have never shot a basketball before. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Football. Defense, defense, defense. Do they even play a quarterback? Are you sure? Like, are you certain that they are playing a quarterback at any time? Or do they just kind of water polo it back into the corner and get back on defense? (laughs) Um, exclusive so exclusion but file but they have perfected a brand in both uh basketball and football and it really aligns with what you can get at san diego state you're not going to get the most skill because of how much gets poached but because of california because of the the recruiting base 
you can get some really good athletes who are probably not skilled enough to play at UCLA, probably not skilled enough to play at Arizona, but pretty damn good athletes who can yeah. defend the crap out of the ball. And if you develop them well, and I think that program has done a great job developing players, then you end up with uh, something pretty great. But the thing that you were saying about the Final Four and advancing, I think it's really interesting because the narrative throughout the entire season was this is the most wide open college basketball season ever. And because narratives are almost always wrong, the entire time I'm thinking, oh, yeah, and so it's, it's just gonna, it's like going to be full chalk. chalk. It's just going to be one, one, <laughs> one, two or whatever in the final four. So for it to actually play out the way the narrative was the entire year is really interesting. Like, even though this is obviously unexpected in the micro, this was the expectation that it would be kind of a wide open year where anybody could win it because there wasn't a Gonzaga or Baylor of two years ago. Um, there wasn't some crazy Duke team. There wasn't some crazy Virginia team. It was just, you know, a bunch of pretty good flawed teams. And uh, yeah, it ended up being incredibly wide open where I'm looking at that final four. And yeah, UConn probably is the prohibitive favorite, but it wouldn't be a shock watching all four of those teams having played for any of them to win it. Um, yeah. Like FAU. They have the it, most wins of anybody, right? FAU like, can play. Yeah. Um and they've out-athleted some teams in their run. Uh, San Diego State, I would say, is probably the least likely of the bunch just because, again, that offense is whew. Um, but they can defend the crap out of you. Um, so I think if UConn gets knocked off, San Diego State could absolutely do it. I think they'd have a, tough t- a really tough time with UConn. But, yeah, it's super wide open. I think UConn probably wins it, but a lot of fun. Do you think the ball's overinflated? Is that like a real thing or – uh, that was something I read. Uh, Nate Oates was complaining about it. So naturally, I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, language. Um, it's okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be. Um, but I don't know. Uh, there's a The ball has gotten like wedged into the rim like three or four times that I've seen in the yeah. NCAA tournament. And that's not usually something that happens with an overinflated ball. Um mm. So maybe it seems like a lot of people are complaining about it. So it might be the ball is a little bit different, whether it's overinflated, underinflated, or just a different type of ball. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I don't know. Uh, I, by the way, if you're watching live on YouTube, we appreciate you. Smash the hell out of that like button. Smash it. Some, crush it. We need some likes. Yep. Crush the if you if you have a broken keyboard from smashing the like or that's okay. Um, David will pay for it to get repaired. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean. I'm not sure if this is good for college basketball or not getting, you know, this kind of like, I don't think the ratings are going to be amazing. Um, but it, it did, there was a lot of drama in the, like in the, you know, the, the first weekend of the tournament was great. Um, I don't know. I don't what. How do you think this makes the final four? Are people going to tune in or they want to just see like, I saw, um, I saw a tweet this morning. I think it was from the much loathed Darren Ravel um, that uh, tickets had had fallen below the hundred dollar mark to get in. Oh, okay. Um, which speaks to it probably not being a a, a big draw. Um, I mean, in person, but yeah, I don't. I, I honestly don't know enough about the fan bases involved. Um, but there are obviously three of them are not basketball schools by any measure. Um, and then from a from a watching standpoint, I mean, reality is two two programs from the Miami Metro are going to be in it, but that means you might get a lot of Miami watching, but yeah. do you get a lot of, you know, Midwest, West Coast? I don't know. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a huge uh, 
broadcast. I mean, I think when you have brand names, it helps. I mean, UConn's the only one that I think has any kind of national draw as like a name um, that might have actually built some fans from across the country. Yeah, uh, the rest of them are just they're. I mean, they're first timers, pretty much. Um, yeah, they are. Like, 100% first timer. Yeah. Right? Like, so, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's, there's a, there's the be careful what you wish for thing for like the execs involved and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, March Madness. It's great. It's a great tournament. Um, and then you end up with a five and nine, a five and a four in the, yeah. uh, in the final four. Right. Uh, that's not, not ideal. No. Um, but at least you, you have one, the blue blood, you have one blue blood, you have a big program like Miami. So there's something. You know, Are we so calling you, UConn a blue blood? I think in college basketball, you have to consider them a blue blood. Yeah, I would say UConn, as far as like a modern blue blood. Yeah, 100%. Like they might be the one. Uh, I mean, if they win this year, I think it'll be five titles since 99. Is that That's, right? I probably. I think it's. they've had four, right? So I think so. So that'd be five titles since 99. I don't think that's matched by anyone. I don't think Duke or UNC have done that, but I could be wrong. Um how many has UCLA had since like seventy two or something? Like how's it? Since seventy two or seventy five? Thirty five. Because you got to get your you got to get your dates right if you're going to make the joke. Okay. 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 Because since seventy two, it's three, which isn't bad. Since seventy five, it's one, which is pretty bad. Got to get your dates right if you're going to talk shit, Ryan. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. Did you like uh, what Mick Cronin had to say about that? Was the I think his CEO line like went. Um, a little bit viral or whatever, where like for every like failed company, there's this CEO who's, you know, banging the drum. Like this is the way we've always done it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's why your company failed. Um, yeah. That- and he was doing that in context of the NCAA and going back to my cat troll, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the reality is, and I think everyone is in firm agreement on it. The schools should be paying the kids. Like the schools should be paying the athletes. It shouldn't be this, friggin Frankenstein monster of NIL mm-hmm. collectives doing any of it. Yeah. Those shouldn't exist because the schools are funneling instead the TV money directly to the players. That isn't happening yet. But Mick Cronin's point was the new head of the NCAA, if they want the NCAA to continue, uh, they better get on board with that and lead the charge um, versus once again getting caught with their pants down like they did with NIL. Because yeah. the reality is the NIL landscape has been created by the fact that the NCAA didn't do anything of its own in the first place, and then once it did do something, established virtually no rules and regulation about the entire thing. Yeah. Um, he, the new head of the NCAA, uh, Wetzel was talking about him a little bit. So he was the governor of Massachusetts. Charlie Baker. Charlie Baker was a Republican governor in a you know blue state, but really ran on deregulation and was like, hey, you know, less government oversight or less government, like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's what the NCAA needs. And uh, but he's doing like he just seems to be doing the exact opposite with the NCAA. It's like just kind of all the same old talking points and stuff. Well, um, I mean, I, I think um, uh, probably an empty suit. Um, I mean, most. I mean, uh, Charles Barkley made the point, which wasn't well received. But um, you know, he's got good points. I like. They're just a bunch of government. They're just a bunch of government freaks. It's, yeah. um, so I guess uh, the, the thing is, um, uh, the president of the NCAA. I mean. It's kind of dictated by, I think, um, well, (laughs) there's going to be some issues unless he is truly going to lead the charge because the NCAA is going to cease to exist here pretty soon if they don't. Um, And I think even 
if they do, even if they do lead the charge, I think it's already pretty far down the path of the NCAA no longer existing. Um, yeah. Football is going to drive it. Um, it's not going to be basketball related. Um, but with the way the Big Ten and the SEC are, are um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Coming together. Um, you know, building uh, much bigger uh, conferences, super conferences, um, they're going to wield too much power to be governed by anything like the NCAA, which is a toothless organization. It would take like those conferences and others willingly giving up a little bit of their leverage and power to actually empower an overarching governing institution, and that's not the way this is headed. Yeah. Um, as anyone can tell. Um, so maybe the NCAA continues as a governing body for Olympic sports, but I think basketball is going to get folded into whatever structure emerges for football. And so the two major revenue generating arms of college sports are going to be out from under the NCAA's purview. So yeah, it's going to be a weird, um, I would say worse uh, situation in some ways, but uh, the NCAA has uh, basically, um, you know, has basically signed its own death note. I I think you kind of need to football and maybe basketball has to be kind of separate, you know, like I, the whole realignment stuff, it's driven by football. And do you really want your women's, you know, volleyball team going to Rutgers, you know, for a conference game? I think, you know, the regional stuff for Olympic sports makes sense. And then the revenue sports, in these super conference things makes sense. Like, I don't know why it all has to be the same thing. Maybe we get there. I think that's probably would make the most sense, but um, I don't know if we'll get there. We'll see the, uh, the paying the players thing. What I was thinking about just out loud when uh, that comes up, people you want to avoid like making uh, players employees. Cause then they can be fired and all, you know, the collective bargaining and all this kind of fun stuff we see in our industry a lot. And like we saw with like Uber and Lyft, um, and there was a lot of political fights over this in California. Uh, what if players were like contractors for the schools? So they could get, they would get like a 1099 at the end. So they wouldn't technically be an employee, but they would be a con. I don't know if that solves anything or makes it a little bit better, but um, that, that way you don't have the, you know, you're, you have schools paying players at least directly. But I mean, then all of them would be like basically their own little businesses you get that 1099 and you'd have to write off, you know, like you could probably write off stuff that you were doing, um, you know, to get ready for the season. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's a lot that goes into um, changing the model. That's hard to um, hard to wrap your mind around um, because so if they are professionals, then you're um, how do you enforce things like you have, you have to also be a student. Yeah. Um, because that gets kind of ridiculous. Why? What's the point there? And yeah. frankly, it's ridiculous now. What is the point there for a lot of these guys? Because like we'll pay you, but you still have to get good grades. You, you still have to get good grades. And whatever. And, you know, abide by like whatever these rules and regulations are that are just onerous on regular students. Um, but so there's that. Then there's the structure of how you uh, actually pay them. Uh, I think you would have a very tough time doing 1099s independent contractors because you are dictating, especially in California, you are the one dictating when they do their job. 
And if you are dictating to somebody when they do their job, they're yeah, an employee, the not a 1099. Yeah. So you they, can't like just do it as a freelancer. You're like, oh, I want you to play football. Yeah. No, it's Saturday like, oh, you're just going to figure it out. But you're also dictating I go to class and you're also dictating I do this. It's got to be an employee yeah, contract. You have to practice now. You're, and you're working out now. Yeah. Like if you want to Frankenstein the academic model in it, part of the employee contract has to be you go to class too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is insane, and it would be kind of reverse engineering this amateurism thing that doesn't need to exist anymore. Yeah. But there's so many, like, weird things. But here's the the, the stepping back point. It obviously needs to happen. Um, you need to have this full thing being out in the open. Yeah. Uh, because right now it, it isn't, and it can't be for a variety of reasons, um, mainly because, uh, well, frankly, a lot of these entities are still kind of cheating. Um, because there still isn't a real directive on what is and what is not an inducement um, and how that actually plays into whether or not they might eventually get their wrists slapped by the NCAA. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of weird ramifications of them not having put in any guidelines in place at the beginning. Um, and I think it because they did something that was so loose from the NCAA's angle, it's forced the governments of the different states and California is in the process of doing this to ramp up the speed with which they put some of their own regulations in place, which are going to be much worse for the NCAA and the existence of whatever they prefer to call amateur athletics. Um, There's just a lot. And then I, I, I'm, I'm not a labor uh, and and, uh, university rights attorney, but title nine will play into it at some point if they are employed by the university. Yeah, I, I think that's that's all part of the old model, though. Like, yeah, Title Nine. I think there's a lot of good stuff there, but I think you have to kind of remove like the revenue sports and just and make it so like there's a men's soccer team and winter women's soccer team, like stuff that just that all kind of makes sense. Like football the, sort of the, skews the problem, everything, you know? It skews everything, but that's the problem. That's both the problem and the solution. How do you get revenue if you exit? the revenue producing sports for the sports that need balance that need to exist. Um, Like they still need to balance them with scholarships. Right. But if these scholarships don't exist anymore, if they're just pure employees, then what, I don't know. There's a lot of issues there. A lot of very thorny issues that would need to get worked out, but they do need to get worked out because the, I don't think you can make all of the sports employees like, I think, no, I don't. Th- I don't think you can because I don't think the schools. I think the schools would sooner drop athletics they would than, dr- yeah. than pay. I mean, even pay. Like you could Christ, justify how many, I mean, how many athletes are at a major university? Like a thousand. I would. So like twelve hundred. Like fifteen to twenty something sports, right? Yeah, and uh, you're paying a good chunk of them a lot of money, and you're paying everyone at least what minimum wage, which in California is fifteen bucks. I would. Yeah, I would think. I don't know. It gets it gets really uh, wacky pretty quickly, and um, I mean, again, uh, again, back backing up a second, they should be doing that. That should all sure. be happening. Um, but the reality on the ground is the universities will probably sooner drop athletics than actually pay out that amount of money and have a have an employee role of like a thousand people. Like the administrative overhead of doing that will also be something they don't want to do. To employ that many people. Like, you could probably justify employing, like, 100 people for football. Yeah, but to employ them through the athletic department, um, which doesn't have the staff for that, so you'd have to add, you know, some human resources staff. I I, I just – the the issues get thorny and weird, 
Um, but yeah. again, it should probably happen. Um, and uh, a great way to fund all of that is to cut your head coach's salary in like minimum a half. Hmm. But, you know, gets into a lot of competitive issues. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see. Um, I don't know what's – it's changing. Uh, I think Mick Cronin was right. Like, if you keep trying to do it the old way, um, you know, there's a there's a reason why your company failed. So uh, we'll see how that that, that goes through. Uh, the, the San Diego State thing, like, on a real I, – I mean, for me, I'm having a hard time picturing how does George Klyovkov say no at this point? Like, you need Southern California, San Diego State, like the – you know, the – Academic reputation is a lot better than it was before. Um, obviously, great success in football and basketball, which you know he needs that. Um, you know, being you know, having a brand new stadium, uh, the dedication to you know winning, all of that. I think that makes sense. Like, I don't know, and I don't know if you need to pair them with SMU. I think you kind of have to look at these as individual schools. If you don't add San Diego State, like I, I don't know what you're doing. Like the, at least add one, you know, at least bring in the Aztecs, Southern California recruiting, you know, something. You, I, I think, I think this is the one that just seems like a no-brainer, and make it to the Final Four is like just sort of a cherry on top. So, I don't know. Yeah. Do you would you go? Like, I mean, that is this a foregone conclusion now? Do you feel? I, I don't, I don't see how you say no. Like, if I think you look stupid. Or if if your mark comes in and takes San Diego State, like holy cow! Like I think that just would be a huge blow. Yeah, I think you need to take them, um, but I think that was true even before the Final Four. I think yeah. uh, this just gives them some a little bit more political cover to do so. But th- they were the obvious pick as soon as UCLA and USC announced that they were leaving. Yeah, they were the obvious pick before they announced they were leaving. If the Pac-12 was going to get aggressive about expanding. San Diego State makes the most sense. It's California. It's Southern California. They do pretty well with their uh, uh, two major revenue sports, and um, you know they've uh, you know they've got a big student body. They've got a decent alumni base. Um, you know, there's there's maybe some TV revenue that you can get from Southern California from having them there. Makes yeah. sense. New stadium. Yep. I'm repping the Pac-12, by the way. You are. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, because we made the, the Final Four. So that's great. Yep. So, like, so your prediction was seven wins for Pac-12 teams. Yeah, so San Diego State's at four right now. <laughs> UCLA got two. And ASU got? Does that count? One, baby. Seven. That's seven <laughs> for the Pac-12. I'm dead right. Okay, so without San Diego State and without the play-in game... <laughs> It's two? Yep. That's not good. Not great. No. Not great. Not uh, great, Bob. Yeah. Um, we had a question from uh, Planet Moolah. And I. this is where I don't know if you need this. Like, this is sort of like the old way of doing things, right? Like, who's the 12th team? Uh, I don't know if you need one. Like, if it makes sense for SMU, fine. But... I don't think you have to go into it like we need to come in in pairs. It's not Noah's Ark. You don't, you know, you're going to be in the playoff either way, <laughs> 10 or 12, right? It's not Noah's Ark. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Do you think that you need 12? I mean, I think you could do 11 and it'd be fine and maybe find out, you know, see what happens. SMU seems more of a reach. So I'd rather do like 11 and make it a little bit weird. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Um, 
I think uh, there's this belief that you need travel partners in the Pac-12, but that's old-style Pac-12. Um, and SMU is not a um, realistic travel partner for San Diego State in any right. way, shape, or form. The only one that would make sense is maybe Fresno State um, as a travel partner. But even then, you're talking about... Yeah, Mark said that in the chat. A travel partner on the level of like Washington State and Washington, which the only reason they are travel partners is that they share the same state. Hmm. Um, but if you have ever done that, many letters, there's, if you've ever had to cover a basketball weekend at the Washington schools, traveling from Seattle to Pullman is hell. It's hell on earth. Um, and you know, Oregon, Oregon state, those make sense. USC, UCLA, those make sense. Cal Stanford, those make sense. Arizona ASU makes sense. Utah, Colorado doesn't make sense. Washington, Washington State doesn't make sense. So if you did it, it would be something akin to that, and that's only if it was Fresno State. If you did it with SMU, it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, that's not even in the realm there. No. Uh, We haven't heard anything new on the media rights deal, so that sort of just charges along. We know ESPN did a whole bunch of layoffs, I think, yesterday or the day before. Uh, So that's, that's just kind of something to watch for. I don't know. We'll we'll probably hear something soon. Um, I don't know what's going to happen first. If it's going to be expansion, if it's going to be media rights, but we'll kind of you know see what what happens there. Um, anything else, David? Before we jump in, to no some questions. Nothing else. Why don't Ryan. we uh, let's take a break? We'll come back in a second and answer some questions. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. Um, If you have anything in the chat, we will put those up. I'll try to start your questions. But we have one. Uh, Alex says, Ryan, we need $1,000 for NIL. As a bro subscriber, can you put yourself down for this? It's only $83 a month. So wait, what am I? So I'm, I would be supporting. You're going to be supporting uh, UCLA's NIL efforts with basketball and football. Are you in? Gotcha. Uh, you know, uh, let me think about it. Think about it. Is it uh, is it tax deductible? No. Okay. No, certainly not. <laughs> okay. Is it a 501c3? Absolutely not. <laughs> and like, why are you guys involved? Like, what's going on with this? Uh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> So the idea is that we are doing it uh, because uh, it, it we got asked to by this guy we know, and so okay. it's, you know it's the uh, it's the way of the world. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, like I've showed up to some events. There's a you know there's like a we're not part of the school. You know, um, you know it's. Probably in both of our best interests, the schools we cover do better because there's more people to subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Mm, yeah, pretty much. The NIL thing is is interesting because there's like, hey, you know, what if uh, one of the USC players had a successful podcast? And I was like, oh, we'll sponsor it. You know, we'll help you out with your podcast. But then you're like, you got to cover them. And it's sort of like, well, now if I'm paying one of the dudes and like, am I going to say he should be the starter and not the other guy? Like there's a whole kind of weird thing there i don't think for me i don't think i'd get involved in unless it got to the point where usc was not um and I, i've talked to other schools that kind of were doing this 
or other, other people like in our positions, if they were never making players available and like you can't talk to anybody, like then I could see like, all right, well, now you pay, um, you know, a uh, thousand bucks to get DTR on your podcast every week or something. Well, like so that's, you know a, what I mean, I, mean like, I will, uh, we've also gotten interviews and stuff from it, which is also good. Like we get cool things uh, yeah. because we essentially are helping to, uh, you know, but does UCLA get mad? So like I've had, there was a, a, a student athlete at USC, a football player that has a, some NIL deal and they've reached out to me to interview him. And I'm like, well, we normally do our interviews through USC, but we could have them come on the podcast. So now, now you're not sure because if the player wants to get interviewed and it helps him with his NIL deal, like the more exposure they get, right. That, that's good for them. I don't have an issue with it, but. I don't know if the school you cover might get mad because they want all the interviews to kind of go through them. So then it's kind of this weird spot. Like, well, tell a kid that, you know, he's not going to get more exposure and you're taking money out of his pocket. You know, like there, there's some weird kind of things how this all works. Yeah, it's very it's very uh, strange and weird. And I think it's a tough thing for um, it's a tough thing to navigate. Exactly. Because of exactly what you're saying, where it is another avenue for um essentially doing like the stuff that is like the basis of our jobs. Yeah. Um, but it also is like that relationship access with the actual school and whether you're pissing them off. Um, yeah, it's and a it's tricky good to have a good relationship with big boosters, you know, like it's a tricky it, and thorny beast, man. It is. Uh, we have a voicemail question. Let's play it for you. Hey, what's up guys. It's perk. Uh, before I get started with my question, uh, I just have a small request of the podcast, the story and David Woods. Um, this, or, uh, this past week marked the 20th anniversary of the U.S. invasion of Iraq, and I asked that he not speak on it in this episode or uh, possibly next few ones. As I'm in the middle of a few documentaries and would like him to not spoil the outcome for me. Um, I don't know how things turn out for the U.S. at the end of the war, uh, but I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld seem like they, uh, they really know what they're doing. Um, but anyway, all that aside, uh, my question for you guys is, seems like with Texas and Oklahoma, ever since they made the move to join the SEC, with USC and UCLA leaving for the uh, Big Ten, Pac-12 has gone very defensive. And they're, I, within reason, obviously, uh, it seems like their entire goal is just keep the conference together, get the best TV deal. And what I'm wondering is, do you guys still think there's room to be aggressive in terms of maybe just mer- merging with the Mountain West and creating a true Western conference or – adding some basketball-only members. Do you think those are things that Klyavkov should still pursue just to kind of think out of the box? Um, thanks, guys. I'm not big in the basketball-only thing. No. I think I think football, you have to be football. Because if you have the football, I think that's where the, you know, you're going to, roots are going to be in the football stuff. And then the other stuff might move, you know, like it might not matter what, you know, Klafkov might be able to get USC and UCLA back in the other sports and just have West Coast stuff, you know, um, where football is different. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big basketball-only kind of person. But yeah, I, I agree. don't think Gonzaga would do it either. Like, it doesn't seem like it makes sense for them. No, I don't think it makes any sense for them. Um, I don't think it makes sense for whatever is constituted from the league at that point either. Um, also, kind of not a very strong basketball conference, actually, when you uh, once you've lost UCLA and USC anyway. Um, so I think there's a lot of reasons. Um, as, as for the thing you didn't want me to comment on, 
Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying your documentaries. I will not spoil the end. Um, but it's fun. It's fun for everyone involved. It's a laugh a minute. Which one was that? The U.S. Iraq War. Oh, is it like a do- so? There's a documentary. I'm sure sh- he said he was. He said he was uh, enjoying some reading and some uh, some some podcast or whatever. Nice. About it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Do you want to? I think we have a couple emails. Where does it start? Pac-12 Zombie Apocalypse. All right. This is from Rob in Seattle. Uh, Pac-12 Zombie Apocalypse. Aloha, boys. I almost chimed in two weeks ago when the Pac-12 Zombie Apocalypse topic first came up. But of course, the second the episode ended, I lost interest and did not follow up because I am a Dave at heart. However, <laughs> last week, Ryan made the specific point that I had, which is that Seattle is a pretty excellent location as far as the zombie apocalypse goes. Unless the whole damn thing starts in Seattle, which is not out of the question, see the first COVID case in the USA, oh. Seattle is practically an island covered in steep hills sandwiched between two large bodies of water with large mountain ranges on either side, along with one of the largest concentrations of military power in the country. It's a highly, highly defensible position. Additionally, to Ryan's point, if you have a boat or just steal a boat because it's a friggin' zombie apocalypse, <laughs> the Puget Sound and the rest of the Salish Sea is just a massive archipelago of resource-rich islands. You can easily live off the land and sea as you make your way up the coast to northern coastal BC and eventually the promised land of southeast Alaska. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Kalen DeBoer already owns a boat. Coach Pete quite literally commuted to Husky Stadium in his boat. DeBoer might not be the last man standing in the zombie apocalypse, but if he plays his cards right, he can be eating oysters and salmon in Sitka, knowing his only remaining competition is Kyle Whittingham somewhere in the impenetrable <laughs> in an impenetrable castle in the Rockies. Go dogs, Robin Seattle. That, that is an ironclad argument. It's hard to beat, you know. That is impossible to beat. Um and the, the more you think about it, the more like LA is just so terrible for a zombie apocalypse. Like, it's not good. Pure people super concentrated and like yeah no there's no way but yeah the seattle you know it it makes it makes sense you got all that water all over the place um there was one of the zombie shows i forget we were talking about like they're like zombies like floating in the water or something like i don't know i'm curious because the zombie apocalypse is happening it's going to happen like i just don't know when uh (laughs) probably in our lifetime Probably. I'm guaranteeing it's going to happen. Uh, and where are you going to do best? Someplace like that. You know, obviously remote is better. Um, how ready would you be, David, for an apocalypse? Uh, I'd die pretty quickly. Really? Come yeah. On. I mean, I've got two small children. That's true. But you could sacrifice them. No, I can't. There's like a, there's a. Yeah, try to know. keep them alive would make you dead. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, you know, one of them's autistic. Um, one of them is six and has like, you know, an inability to like stray from the TV for longer than five minutes. So mm-hmm. we'd probably be like, I'd probably just try to fortify at home yeah, and then just go about my day more or less, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, same thing. so it, I, I think I would, I think I'd be done pretty quick. I think it would probably be a, a course of like, I think I wouldn't, I would probably be able to hold out for like two weeks. Uh, but then, like you know, I'm not I'm not stocking up on foodstuffs in preparation for a zombie apocalypse. Mm, so at sure. that point, we run out of goldfish. Uh, <laughs> suddenly, I got to make my way to the store for goldfish, and uh, that's when I that's when I get it. Gotcha. All right. Um, I think I could do pretty well, but I don't have any other responsibilities in the house. If we could yeah. have a dog, that would probably help. Why would it help? It makes noise. You True. want noise? Yeah, maybe not. Why would you want a dog unless you're going to eat it? But I do it like I'm ready, like. For 
you know, if I had to stay at my house for a couple of weeks, like I got enough food, water and stuff, I could do that. So I couldn't, I couldn't. I mean, yeah. I, so like the setup is like, there's an attached garage that has, you know, a bathroom and washing machine and the pantry and stuff. So, and that one has like a steel security door. So could hang out there for a while. Okay. But that's about it. Is that where your hot water heater is? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. like. 80 gallons of water probably in that yeah, thing. Yeah, so no, survival could happen for a couple weeks. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, if they're fast zombies, probably not, though. They jump in through one of the windows or something. I don't think fast zombies are a real thing. Fast zombie doesn't really pass the smell test, right? No. Like, like, I'm they should to make be, this realistic. Like, so right afterwards, maybe they're fast still, right? Like right after they get bitten and convert. Like Carl Lewis zombie, maybe. But yeah, like, yeah. But, but no, no. But like they can run like a normal human because they just yeah. got bit. But like, look, if we're just... Pa- like if we're saying there's no magic involved, these are just true zombies. They should start to deteriorate pretty quickly. Yes. Right. And maybe there's some weird biomechanical thing going on where they are able to like maintain for a while, but they're still zombies. Yeah. Um. And are we talking traditional dead zombies? Like they rose from the dead, they died first, and then were zombies, or are they like uh, twenty eight days later? They they've got like human rabies zombies. Yeah, I think human. I'm more of the human rabies zombies. Well, if they're human rabies, then they're not going to deteriorate like that. It's just their brains have been taken over by a, a virus, yeah, or a fungus. In the case of The Last of Us, yeah, is that? Oh, that's that's what the yeah, uh, it's a it's a fungus. Interesting, it's a fungus growing in their fungi. Brains. I still haven't watched that one. Yet, fungi, so. fungi, fungi. Okay, fungi. Promotion relegation. What's up, my dudes? Two questions for you. One, could the English Premier League promotion slash relegation system work in college football? So you pair up the Pac-12 with the Mountain West, the SEC with the Sun Belt, the Big Ten with the MAC, the Big 12 with Conference USA, the ACC with the American. Two Top two group of five teams play bottom two from the Power Five Conference. The winner is the Power Five in the following year. I mean, I think relegation would be freaking awesome. But, I mean, now you're playing with, like, athletic department budgets and all kinds of weird stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody would go for it. Um, but I think it'd be great. It'd be, it was so fun. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Um, and it'll probably never happen because it does sound like it would be a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, something with relegation could be a solution. We talked about this before, but it could theoretically be a solution for like the PAC 12 and the mountain West, which is you're both going to be kind of have knots. What's something that could give you a little bit of brand juice, right? Something that could get people interested uh in a new way oh my god like you would care like i would the, give I, I would i would the be, utah state like Oregon. i state would be game. so locked in on you know the the november games that typically don't matter yeah uh in the pac-12 mountain west and be like oh yeah i want to watch all this dude like alabama fans would be like i is is fresno state gonna beat washington state and get into the pac-12 like that i mean i think people would care across the country oh, if absolutely. there was like relegation like you get bumped down uh, I think it'd be awesome. So behind the curtain, uh, Jalen Clark just announced for the NBA draft, and so I spent the last uh, 15 minutes of our show uh, writing that story. Oh, very nice. So that's why I was like half paying attention and typing most of the time. Did you? I wouldn't go half. Like you were, you were in the third, maybe one third range, paying attention. I saw you, you think were on so? your phone. Yeah, it was something like that. How bad was it? 
uh, uh, I mean, we're on video. So well, and you asked me like you. a sensitive question about like NIL stuff when this was happening. And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. I'm dealing with this right now. You could have said, hey, I'm dealing with this. Just Ryan take over for a while. No, I'm too used to like not paying attention to my kids and trying to answer them. And it was sort uh, of like that situation. Very nice. You know what I mean? He also wanted to know what our simulcast is going to drop for March 15th. Yeah, we had a couple scheduled. I don't know. I got rid of those. So, um, but yes, he says, stop it. By the way, Pac-12 made it to seven wins in the tourney. And San Diego State has more wins than the rest of the conference combined. Doing a pretty good job of putting out a resume. Am I right? Coach B in San Diego. Roll, hashtag roll text. Okay. Yeah, they did. <laughs> San Diego State didn't get more wins than the whole conference combined. <laughs> then that's why they're going to be incorporated, all right? <laughs> How bad is that? It's so bad. I mean, that's... It's so sad. That is just not... That is like a... No bueno. Uh, we were talking about blue bloods earlier, and uh, KH wants to know what makes a team a blue blood. Um, well, I think it's it's obviously a uh, completely subjective designation that yes. draws a lot of um, consternation across uh, the Twitter sphere at all times. Um, usually, people that aren't blue bloods don't like the term blue bloods. Yes, and usually people who are uh, um. Haters and biters uh, like to not include certain teams because of some, uh, you know, whatever criteria. So, like the old school, like an old school blue blood is less willing to allow a new blue. It's like it's that, but it's also like you've got like uh, Villanova fans who are like, "Is UCLA really a blue blood anymore?" Because they won all their titles like fifty years ago, and it's just like I look at it more from a what's your recruiting cachet. Um, like what's your draw to event to have another really good team? Even if you don't have a really good team now, what's your draw to have another really good team in two years? Right. Same thing as USC football, right? How quickly four and eight to 11. How quickly can can USC football turn around? How quickly did UCLA basketball turn around? They were in the final four two years after Steve Alford was fired. Yeah. Right. So, okay. That's a blue blood Duke. That's a blue blood UNC. That's a blue blood. Yeah. Kentucky. Kansas. These are blue bloods. Now, the ones that get tricky for me are like Indiana. Like, when was the last time Indiana was super relevant? I picked them to go to the Final Four. They didn't do that. No, but like, when was the last time they were really good? It was, I think it was in the early 2000s uh, yeah. with that Mike Davis team in like 2002. Um, but they haven't been able to turn it around now with like successive coaches several times. Um, and, you know, Woodson's doing a fine job, but he's not not doing it at an elite level. Uh, I think UConn has an absolute claim now. Um, like their only problem the fact is that they turn things around. You get a new coach, you go to the Big East again, and you're good. Right? Yeah, UConn is like the counter UCLA argument, which is uh, they don't have the ancient history. Well, who gives a shit? They've got the last 25 years where they've yeah. been as elite as any other program. So of course they're a blue blood. Yeah, with women's too. Like well, and like, they've turned just... it around now with three different. I mean, they did it with Jim Calhoun, then they did it with. Um, Kevin Ollie, they won a title with Kevin Ollie. Yeah. Uh, and now they're doing it again with Dan Hurley. Um, so there's obvious institutional value there. Yeah. And I think that's the main thing is like, is there enough institutional value that you can do it once you have like a even halfway decent coach with a pulse? And there's like six or seven schools nationally that can claim that. Yeah. And I, UConn, I think, is definitely one of them. Like when you look at like an Oregon in football, like they've had a tremendous run going to you know, Rose Bowls or BCS games or whatever, you know, not winning any titles. That's sort of like, do you consider like an Oregon a, a blue blood? Like they're, they've, 
made huge strides, but I don't know if they would be. No, like, definitely not. So the and the reason Oregon is is that their peak was not was not at the you know blue blood level. It was like they, they've made what have they made one Final Four since 1960? Is that it? I can't. I'm remember. talking about Oregon football. Oh, Oregon football. Sorry, sorry. Um, Oregon football. I would say is. Um, I don't think again they until you yet. until you actually do the thing, like until you actually win the thing. Yeah. I don't think you can claim it. I think you have to have like that that win that that national championship, whatever it is. Um, and they don't have that yet. As soon as they do, though, you could start to make arguments because they've had what have they made two national championship games in the last. 12 years? I think so, right? Is it two? It was 2011, 2014. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, and if they win one, I mean, it, it's still like, well, what are they compared to the actual ones, like Alabama and Georgia and that sort of stuff? But um, as far as the West Coast goes, they'd at least have a claim to be more realistic than USC at the moment because um, they will have actually done it at that point. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks for that question. Uh, let's see. Planet Moolah. All right. I had a question. Planet. Will you guys continue doing the podcast after your schools are in the Big Ten? We've been asked this a bunch of times. Yeah. I mean, we still have to figure out, like, this, that's why, like, some of this media rights stuff, I mean, obviously the Pac-12 crumbles, we're not going to do it in a show. We love doing the show. We sure do. Uh, but we don't know. Even we, when I am, uh, 20% paying attention. Yeah. That was kind of. That was a little generous, but yes. Okay. <laughs> Alex, Dave, what's your favorite land at Disneyland? Mine is Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Sick Disneyland burn. Um, <laughs> so Knott's is interesting. So, all right, I'm going to go on a little amusement park soliloquy because I'm at the, I've got the kids at the right age for this. So Knott's Berry Farm is really interesting. Um, it's, I don't know if I just didn't notice it as a kid or if it's gotten significantly worse, but their crowd management is so bad. Hmm. Um, it's made it so, like, I'll go to Disneyland, like, uh, as often as you let me, pretty much, with my kids, because it's always, even when the crowds are pretty bad, it's always like, oh, wow, this is immersive. This is awesome. The kids really enjoy it, love it. You know, you can get food. It's big enough that even when there are a ton of people here, it doesn't feel like that horrible. Knott's feels horrible. Like whenever you go, um, the lines are always bad and they don't move because the the queue management is so bad. They don't pack the rides. So if you've got like a group of two and they won't put people next to you uh, uh. and it's just, you know, the the teens working at Knott's are just not, you know, up to the snuff of the like older teens working at Disneyland. Um, so it's just uh, it's kind of a mess. Now, that said, Knott's rides like the actual roller coasters and stuff are all better. Um, and so my eldest, you know, she, she can kind of go either way. Cause I think she kind of intuitively gets the, the preference at Disneyland, but Knott's, um, has, you know, rides that are a little bit more thrilling. Gotcha. Now that said, my favorite land at Disneyland is, mm, got to go Adventureland or Frontierland. I'm not really sure about the, uh, the, the delineation between the two at this point. It seems kind of, you know, wonky, but the left side generally. The left side, okay. Yeah. I've been, you know, when I've you can go over and mess around on Tom Sawyer Island, that's kind of cool. I think I've only been to Knott's Berry Farm for, like, the scary farm thing. I don't even think I've been to, like, a regular... When was the last time you were at Disneyland? It's been years, yeah. Wow. I don't know. Wow. I mean, I don't have kids. You should take my kids sometime. I would. Yeah, be great. I'm good with kids. I like them. Yeah. I just like kids. 
just buy uh, buy a bunch of stuff, lots of sugar. Hell yeah! And then like drop them off at your house and just have them be like going bonkers off the wall. And that's my specialty. I like doing that. Yeah, that's the. I'm a good uncle. <laughs> uh, Tony, uh, are the fans of your schools excited about the move to the Big Ten? Disappointed or indifferent? You can go first. All right. So for that one, I would say uh, the majority of them are excited about it. Um, I think there's a strong undercurrent of people who are um, pretty opposed to it. Um, oh. I think there's a – and I kind of count myself among them. Yeah, um, you're not a fan anymore. I, I, I never knew how much of an old traditionalist I was until this happened. Um, but uh, I would say it's generally – like I would say 60 or 70% in favor – Twenty mm, percent kind of opposed, and then ten percent just kind of in the middle. Where oh yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. I'm kind of not enthused about taking a road trip to Rutgers, but okay. Yeah, I would for USC it's probably a little higher. Like I, there's probably maybe like closer to seventy five, eighty or something that are approved. Um, I mean, there's there's a good percentage of SC fans that are just like screw you pack 12 like we're out you know it's it's almost more like i'm burning you like i'm leaving you as opposed to like hey let's go someplace cool um there's definitely some traditionalists though that don't i mean there's a lot of people that don't want to lose playing cal and stanford and um you know i i think there's you know i don't know how you know the percentage wise but there's there are definitely people that are going to miss some of the traditions and everything so uh but i think for the most part USC fans are, I would say, in general, more um, pro move than than UCLA. But it seems like both fan bases maybe started off closer to 50-50 or even worse. Um, I think USC might have been like 50-50 at the beginning and then sort of warmed up to the idea. So I think that's that's been like kind of a common thing. Yeah, and I think um, hearing, because fans are fans, hearing how opposed people were to it from like Cal and everything, I think actually pushed more UCLA fans into the, oh, 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 fuck all of you camp. Um, and uh, yeah, so I would say it probably started out closer to 50-50, but then with all that nonsense, it, 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 it moved to, I think people are generally pretty excited about it. And then I think watching how basketball season played out and seeing uh, how few quad one wins were available in conference because the rest of the league is just not serious. Yeah. Um, I think that was a little eye opening for the people who are more basketball centric. That, so UCLA fans are like, yeah, because hey, like, well, here. we need to get the hell out of here because uh, look, look at Washington, look at uh, Stanford keeping their stupid coaches. <laughs> what are they doing? Um, and if they're not going to get serious about it, then they're never going to be quad one opportunities in conference. So, yeah, yeah what are you or doing? At least Cal fired theirs, right? Yeah, Cal fired theirs, and they're going to hire I mean, Mark like, Madsen, Mad Dog. Cal had are they hiring him? Yeah. Wow. Uh, has he been coaching? Yeah, he was coaching Utah Valley. Oh, okay. He actually did a pretty good job. It's a pretty good hire, actually. Oh, okay, good. Well, good for Cal. But yeah, like if that was even a question, like they had one of the worst seasons we've ever seen, right? And you're yeah, like, and it seemed like it was well, teetering, and teetering yeah, no, that's the, the thing. Of- it's like borderline in like January. <laughs> we were still hearing, huh? Ah, could man, might be tough. Um, <laughs> like, and what? it's like, wow, they they don't have a pulse. <laughs> like not the me. faintest pulse. <laughs> They're not even mostly dead. They are all dead. <laughs> Fish through their pockets for loose change. They are deceased. Uh, we got one last one from Planet Moolah. What will you miss most about the Pac-12 after you're gone? I mean, we're both still going to live here in uh, California. So. The, 
the quiet laughs, the moments between the moments. Um, I would say uh, I'll miss having familiarity with all the teams that uh, UCLA is playing. Uh, yeah. That's going to be annoying. I'm going to have to watch a bunch of Indiana and Illinois football, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be a nightmare. Are you going to miss being in the studio if we don't do the show anymore? Like with uh, the we're USC still background? we're doing something. We're doing the something. USC background behind yeah. you. I'm uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I got the overhead shot on. I didn't do, do a lot of uh, changing shots, but yeah, look, you could. Where's the USC? You know what's helmet? interesting is that? that yours actually makes more sense for me than this one. Like maybe we just switch them. You could be the Coliseum. Yeah, because I mean UCLA played at the Coliseum at one point, and also there's yeah. a lot of blue in it. And they there's can't blue. see the final score at the bottom. Is that what is the whatever? It's some USC game going on. Oh, it's Stanford. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't UCLA or anything. So no. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe I just move over there. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have um, comment from uh, Alex with all the zombie talk. I assume Patreon got set up. Uh, no, we haven't done that. Yeah, when are we doing the Patreon? Uh, are we doing like what? I don't know if I want to do Patreon. It's kind of a weird, uh, you know, getting into ethics. It's kind of a weird thing. You know? Yeah, like I don't need to get paid for this. For yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, I I, would like I, to get paid. I paid attention for like ten minutes of this show today. You did. Like, is that really fair to ask you guys to pay for it? I mean, it would help me watch more Pac-12 spring games. You know, it's true. I talked. Like, Yogi was at uh, USC practice yesterday, and uh, it's fired up, man, for broadcasting spring games. <laughs> He's always and fired up. For so I'm like, God, I'm gonna have to watch these now. Damn it. I, we got to watch Colorado because it's going to be on ESPN, right? You got to watch yeah. Coach Prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you not going to watch that? I might watch a little bit of that. Are you? Oh, come on, dude. You got to watch that. I might watch a little bit of that. I have a code for like Pac-12 Network again, which I hadn't had for when a while. When is the Colorado Spring Game? Spring, spring Game. I don't spring know. Game. I got to look. Spring Game. We should probably talk a little spring football at some point. Should we? This is the least we've ever talked about spring football. You were just going off on basketball. It was great. I've talked way more basketball than I've ever talked. Yeah. Yeah. It was really helpful because, again, I was paying attention for 10 minutes of today's show. Yeah. Uh, but It's I mean, not my fault. It's the fault of the news cycle. So this is some basketball player? Is going yeah, Jalen Clark, uh, UCLA. Is he any good? Or? He was very good. Uh, and then he um, suffered an Achilles injury mm, is the way we're describing good. it. Uh, that will leave him out for many months. Um, but he declared for the NBA draft. Um today when's the draft the draft is in june he will oh, so he won't be he will more then. than likely not be walking still by then gotcha did he do like a combine thing like like the yeah, NFL? yeah 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 you know what you can do with a um achilles injury like basically nothing. not a whole lot anyway. yeah yeah i mean when you're young but like if someone like us got it like we were down for like a year like you don't do shit right like yeah dude but like even like they, they talk about cam Akers and how he had the whatever the achilles rupture and he was out for six months when he came back, he was bad. He was really bad for, for a long time. Uh, yeah, you can make it back, but I mean, I don't know. If I ripped up tendons in my ankle, I wouldn't be – I would be like, oh, okay, I guess I'm never doing an explosive thing again in my life. <laughs> I guess I'm never jumping again, ever. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, best of luck to him, obviously. Um, you hope the best, but it'll be interesting. I mean um, – yeah, the obviously the declarations for the NBA draft are not final. Uh, guys can always come back okay. um, before the whenever the deadline is, end of May, I think. Um, so we'll see. But uh, declaring as of now, 
West Texas Mike says, even I looked away from the show and started reading work reports. Wow. It's pretty bad. Wow. Was it that bad? No, no, I don't think it was. I think it was all right. A little chatty. We got to do some, we got, we got to get some spring ball updates. Oh Um, yeah. We need those. Yeah. A lot of optimism over at USC. I don't know. What's it, what's it like UCLA? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to write the spring previews. They don't start until, uh, Tuesday. Oh, wow. So yeah, we're pretty late. Um, USA is almost halfway. Yeah. They'll be halfway uh, tomorrow, I think. Or UCLA used to do it uh, the same way USC is doing it, where they would do like half before spring break and half afterwards. But because of the quarter system, I think Chip Kelly finally got the memo that it was better to just do it all after spring break because yeah. then you can get the transfers in for uh, spring quarter. Nice. So and that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple guys who are going to be there in spring uh, that wouldn't have been if they'd started in March. Um, so that's good. And uh, it'll be pretty compact. They'll be done the first week of May. Um, so I think people are getting a little bit excited. It's just there's a lot of unknowns. I think it's going to be – I mean, honestly, when you get to cover a spring where there's a real competition uh, between uh, – QB competition is great. QB competition is so much fun. It's so much fun to cover, to watch, to kind of grade it yourself and then hear what they have to say about it and then watch like, oh, wow, what we think is actually 100% not what's happening here and they're going to give it to this guy or whatever. Mm. Ton of fun to watch. Um, but UCLA has a ton of these competitions because it's – uh, quarterback competition. It's a running back competition. There's a you know top four receiver competition. Um, there's going to be some interesting things that have to shake out on the offensive line because two of the guys who are maybe starters this year are not going to be there in the spring. Um, oh, okay. So there, there'll be a lot of interesting things offensively. There's going to be a new defensive coordinator. So there's a lot of new that we're going to have to assess pretty damn quickly in the first couple of weeks. How open uh, is USC for spring? Uh they have three practices a week. We can attend the beginning parts of two of them for oh, just twenty minutes. God, for spring they're for even doing. Spring. Oh my god, that's and then horrible. We could talk to like players and coaches and stuff, which is good. But like watching wise, no, like we don't get to watch that much. Chip Kelly, man, he's just a man of the people. We is get it, to watch. They all get open? to watch every damn minute. Wow, from the parking lot, so we get to see the whole thing too. So it's better, like to you get like a yeah, we get perspective. So if we were on the field, um, in the little media pen that they typically keep us right. in, uh, you can't see anything. Like okay. You can see the same defensive drills every single day because the Cause defensive right practices on that field. Yeah, but if you're up top and on Saturdays, you can get up top on the Luskin patio. Uh, you can see the whole thing. We had that for like the early part of the pandemic. Uh, for for practices, we'd go up on the it's like the swim stadium was yeah. next to the. And that was actually kind of cool, um, but yeah, we could we could watch the first part from the down on the field and take photos and video. Then they'd send us upstairs up to the thing, which I kind of like. But they haven't done that lately, so I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap things up, Mister Woods. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, Let's put it to bed. Do you think next week we'll have some media rights deal thing to talk about? Probably not. Probably not. Next year we would be crowning though. a Pac-12 champion. In March Madness. Like, I would lay the odds at like uh, 15% chance San Diego State okay. is the uh, NCAA tournament champion. That's not bad. It's been a while since the Pac-12 has won one. So, yeah. I mean. I would say. So, what's UConn? UConn's probably like a 40 or 50% favorite. I would guess. Something like yeah. that. Um, I think Miami's probably the next most likely. So, let's say UConn's 45. Miami's probably 25. And then So, FAU. then it's FAU and San Diego State. Whoever comes out of that, I think they're each at 15 or so. Okay. All right. Seems right. I'm good with that. Yeah. 
all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Let's take this show on the road. For David Woods, I am Ryan Abram. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.